0: some person you might be disappointed, but if you come to see him, you'll never be disappointed this morning, amen, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord again today, amen, glad to have you here with us today, each and every one of you, uh, we've got a couple requests, we want to remember, continue to remember Brother Ron in our prayers this morning, that God will just continue to touch him and strengthen him in his body, I had an exciting event take place yesterday, we'll let Pastor, tell you a little bit more about that later. Also, um, Brother Canaan's daughter—I think she had to go back to the doctor, and they were going to uh, change her treatments. And they had gave her uh, a couple of the new treatments, and then the doctor said, before they even got to the third, that she didn't need it anymore—that she was doing fine. So yeah. we just want to thank the Lord for that, for touching uh, Brother Canaan's daughter. God is still answering prayer. And if you have a need this morning, he can answer that for you today. If we'll just have lifted lifted him, God sees it. He knows what it is this morning. He's very mindful of our needs. Brother Jonathan, come this morning.
1: Please. Man, you have to be at church this morning. What a time of praise. What a time of worship. Amen. Good to see our brothers. Everybody here come in for the wedding. Such a beautiful wedding last night. Tell you what, God's still moving upon this earth, moving upon this bride, many miracles amongst us. Let's just bond together as a church. Let's go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we truly love you this morning, Lord. Lord, that you woke us up in our right minds, Lord, that we would have a desire to come into the house of God to worship you. Lord, so many opportunities, Lord, so many chances, Lord, excuses to do anything and everything else. But Lord, we chose to come worship you this morning, Lord. We, we placed it upon our minds, Lord, that we wanted to get to the house of God, that we wanted to raise our hands, that we wanted to sing the songs of Zion, that we wanted to give you thanks for all that you've done this week. Lord, we asked you to come in and meet us this morning, Lord, and Lord, just manifest yourself afresh to us, Lord, and Lord, touch these needs that we have, Lord, we are uh, Place them before you, Lord, knowing that you're the all-seeing God, that you you know the situations that we find each of ourselves in, Lord, that we find the sick ones in, that we find the lost ones in. You're looking down and you see, you're just waiting on us to lay it before you. Here we are this morning as a church, Lord, laying the petitions before you. Lord, they're upon our hearts, they're upon our minds, Lord. We with love, we lay them in your hands, Lord, believing you'll take control, Lord, believing you'll step in amongst the situations. Lord, would you have your freedom this morning, Lord? Would you touch Brother Mark and the musicians, Lord? And, Lord, let us just get in an atmosphere of praise, Lord, and an atmosphere of worship, Lord, that, Lord, you would be pleased to join in with us, Lord. And, Lord, walk up and down every heart, Lord, and be with Brother Trevor this morning, Lord. I I believe he's come, Lord, with a thought upon his heart that you placed there. Lord, that he could speak to us in this time, Lord. And, Lord, we asked you, Lord, to give him the chance, Lord, to get himself out of the way to speak to the bride this morning. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're here to worship you now, Lord. In your lovely name we pray, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And you can have your seats just for a moment. And we'll do our Sunday school report this morning. morning. Did you come to have church? Yeah. Are, we, are you going to help Brother Mark this morning? Yeah. Amen, Brother Mark. God bless
0: you. I heard that amen, Brother Marcella. I'm depending on you today, buddy. Amen. amen. Good to have Brother Nathan's friend with us this morning, amen. too. God bless you. Amen. Good to have you with us today. Let's sing this together. Amen
2: this world is not my home i am just a passing through and my treasure
0: Way this morning I can't feel at home in this old world anymore. Well,
2: I wanna move from this world of fear, kinda getting tired of living here. I wanna go home where the winds of sorrow never blow. Far from the shadow of the tomb, far from the sadness. And I want to go home. thinking about the glory we will share i want to see loved ones who are gone i want to see the king upon his throne i'll never return to this old life when i
0: Getting ready today. Moving out. Hopefully today instead of tomorrow. <laughs> right? Amen. Let's sing this together.
2: I thank you for the valley I walked through today. The darker the valley. in between me
0: and myself. standing around wasting our time. Right. It's so close to the coming of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. We want to be ready. You can have your seats this morning. We'll have our ushers to come and receive the morning offering. You just give to the Lord and I know He'll bless you for every effort. We just want to sing one more chorus. We'll have Brother Matt come this morning and a request for him to sing today. So we'll sing it. Yeah. I, the I'm
2: man that you love me I'm amazed
3: says. When you've done all you can to stand, just stand. And I know that it's hard sometimes to look through. I questions can. Lord, they can get so hard oh, to understand but they end. But I know someone who knows it all His eye sees that little sparrow fall Yet he can hold back The sea with just one hand.
0: hear those last lines how will it end That's
2: right. just
0: look to him Amen. and him only yes, Lord. and as we said last week satan tries to get us pushed back in the corner he That's thinks he's right. got us whipped but all we have to do is look up Amen. look to him Amen. and circumstances begin to change Amen. when god begins to move let's stand together if you will as we invite our pastor to introduce yes. our brother Trevor this morning and we'll sing this prayers today
2: faith. One by faith, just take the word of God. Or what you see, what you believe, is what
4: David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, there are many places that you can be today. Many of our shelters that has been built for safety. But the storms and principalities can tear it all down. But praise God, there is a shelter. There is a place that we can hide today. There's no storms or... Any principalities or powers that can destroy us when we are in Jesus Christ. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Happy to be with you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Each and every one of you the saints, amen, visiting this morning. God bless you. Trust the wedding went all well. Amen, Rosalo, God bless you. Good to see you and all of you. We are thanking the Lord for his love and his grace to us this morning. Uh, Well, this morning we're just very, very happy The Moat and Hamid family are happy to announce the birth of a healthy, beautiful baby girl. Noah and Naomi are proud parents this morning, so we congratulate them. God bless you, we love you, we're so thankful to the Lord. Uh, She weighed five pounds, 11 ounces, 19 inches long. And was born very early Friday morning. So uh, she has done so well um, that they actually let her go home yesterday. Just than 24 hours. So we're just thanking the Lord for um, both of them. Baby and Mama both doing good. And Mimi, let's say she was up last night. All right. Praise the Lord. So we thank God for his love and his grace. We're very, very happy and honored to have a celebrity amongst us this morning, uh, a world-renowned weightlifter, Brian Carroll. Let's give him a hand. God bless you. He He holds the highest record for a single free squat of 1,306 pounds. Has never been beat. We're very happy to have him. God bless you. You know, God has given us people as such in the Bible in the days of Paul. They had athletes. They had people that compete, all these things that God has given us. And I sense such a wonderful presence and love from him. I met him yesterday and spent some time with him. Brian, God bless you. I sense a sweet, wonderful spirit of God upon your life. Continue doing what you're doing. God will bless you and prosper you. Welcome amongst us. God bless you this morning. God is good to us, isn't he? I'm going to do something this morning, give you an opportunity to obey God, because God says for you to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and God has instructed me to preach on these thoughts to give you an opportunity to be blessed, and I want to give you that opportunity. You can choose to be obedient or disobedient. We'll give you an opportunity to be obedient to bring your tithe to the Lord as the brethren come. This is the tenth of your of your earnings you give to God, and He will bless you uh, for doing that. This morning, I love what Brent Brenton said in a message. He said, if you are if you got a post of duty and stand uh, on that, you stand to your post of duty and at your church and wherever you go to and pay your tithing into it. you love your pastor and pray for him while you're paying your tithing if you're mad you still love me while you're doing it and God will bless you for doing it because you do it as unto uh, the Lord listen to song
2: He is all I need He is all
4: July 27th through the 30th, all are welcome, I'll be speaking in that tent revival this year, and we're looking so forward to the Lord meeting with us, also our anniversary meetings here are coming up, uh, August 19th and 20th with Brother Tim Pruitt, we're looking for a grand time of fellowship around the Lord, how many loves the Lord, we're so very happy this morning to have Brother Trevor with us, you know I'm always texting his brother last minute. And praise God somehow he 's ready, and, uh, and the Bible said, "I take that scripture literal, be instant in season. Good to have you, brother trevor how 's the family? The children are doing all well. Amen, God bless you. Good to have you this morning we're happy to know the Lord Jesus is there with us. I tell you the last day or so's been a very exciting day for for the for the moats and the Hamids when Sister Rachel, Brother Forrest, myself, and Sister Deanna, we have been on cloud nine, and we're not about to come down, okay? Amen. We're going to just love up on that sweet little angel God has given us. She is a sweetheart. I'm going to tell you right now, she reminds me so much of Naomi, and I'll hold her in my arms. She is a darling. She's a good baby, a really good baby. Nonetheless, they're, they're newborns. Amen, so we appreciate all your prayers for them and just continue remembering your prayer. i we be ministering here, the Lord willing, uh, Wednesday night, by God's grace, we'll get back into series. And I know I've been preaching hard. It's going to take hard, hard preaching to make the rapture. Is that right? It's going to take some hard preaching to get you ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. We love each and every one of you. I feel such a presence and a love of God amongst us this morning. I know we're going to be for our treat. So we'll turn to service. Put your hands together. good round of applause for Brother Trevor as you Come on, my Brother
5: lord it's good to be with you well i talked last time about maybe singing so i thought okay maybe this time i'll actually sing so
6: um
5: it, and and just a simple chorus. i don't know do you all know that this chorus um this joy that i have the world didn't give it to me uh, we sing in the key of g mm, this joy Yeah, I need that. Thank you. Yeah, you go ahead and start. Joy that I have,
2: the world didn't give it to me. Well, this. have <laughs> it to me, oh, this joy that I had, well, the world didn't give it to me, yeah, the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away, amen, praise the Lord, hey.
5: praise the Lord, thankful for joy. It's the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you've got the word and you're going around all, you know, grumpy, oh, well, I guess I'm serving God. I guess I'm obeying the word. I guess I'm paying my tithes. You have no strength. All right. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I'm glad. That it is even in the character of the word that brings us joy. I was just thinking in the, in the back room, I've been preparing in my mind for a, a series of meetings um, coming in July that I'll be at in Norway, and I was just thinking, you know, if you think following the word is hard, the only thing I know that's any harder is not following the word. I mean, if you want to look out in the world today and see how hard things are, you'll wonder why, because people haven't followed the word. God gave us the best thing it 's His character to encourage his children and to, to work in his bride and and that's that He does that by his word so anyway i'll i'll let's let's read a scripture and then so you can be seated and then I can just you know yeah do my do my thing all right my we've got a brother in here that can squat thirteen hundred pounds that is I, I was telling Brother Pat, like I, I think I think I'd be hard pressed to get much over nine hundred myself. Just maybe two hundred. I don't know, but I don't anyway. My praise the Lord, Genesis chapter two, <laughs> verse eighteen. I'm gonna no, already apologize to the to the. Uh, to the video people, with I'm added, I've added a couple of scriptures here at the it's beginning, so you, you'll, yeah, you'll follow, I'm sure. Genesis chapter two and verse eighteen. Uh, the Lord God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. I will make an helpmeet for him." I'd also like to look at Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one and verse eight. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8, the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. One uh, final scripture here as before we take our seats, Romans chapter 8 and verses 38 and 39. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Find something that can separate you from his love. It is not there. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, as we look to this word, Lord God, that we have, Lord, you gave it to us, Lord, and you gave it to us for a purpose, to guide us, to change us, Oh God. Uh, your word is a seed, Lord God, that produces fruits, Oh God. And, and Father, I just ask that this, this word would sink deep into our hearts, Lord God, and that it would be watered, Lord Jesus, and, and that it would uh, bring forth abundantly, Lord God. and And Lord, as we just look at these things that... That you love us and that you'd never fail us, you never forsake us, Lord God, and that your love cannot be separated from us, Lord. I pray that it encourages our hearts and that you would bring it out, Lord. Use me as a microphone, Lord, that, that you would uh, be able to speak through. I just ask it now and, and help us to receive what you have, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So. fantastic to be with you all again, especially in such uh, short succession. I think it was only about a month ago that I was here, and then got a text on Monday, and and said, but that's all right, you know, I just happened to be available, and I was actually kind of nervous um, on the the last time um, that I came down, because Brother Joseph had said, well, how about this date in February, and I was like, oh, brother, that's that's the only date in February I actually have something, and he's like, okay, how about this one in March? oh brother that 's the only one in March that I have like you could do the, like there are six other weeks in this eight week period that you have that you have available, and you pick the two and then he he texted me the for the last month, I believe it was, and I was like, I have to go because like, if I say no now i 'll never get another text I mean, I just, you don 't know what it is to be an evangelist sometimes you know just you, you just like I, if I say, if I say no, this, the three strikes might be out. <laughs> I don't know if it's baseball or not, but I, we ain't taking any chances. So. But so he texted, and I was free and just certainly happy to come down. And uh, The last time I was here, we spoke on all truth and went through uh, various doctrines uh, that Brother Branham brought out to us. And um, so I thought I would just kind of take and, and dive a little deeper into one area of that and really, uh, really just explore... Um, some of these thoughts that the Word has for us. So um, good to see my brother Roger over there. Known him a little bit online, and so thankful to see you again. And that's great. I think we met here like what six, seven years ago, five years ago. I don't know. Yeah, time, you know, time in there. So and uh, and Sister, it's Amber, right? Yeah, we meet on trails, random trails in South Carolina. Um, <coughs> really can't explain that one, but that was was like, huh, that's, I know you, but not from trails in South Carolina. So um, yeah, that's kind of neat. So anyway, happy to be here. Let me start a timer here. And if you can just tell, we're just going to be relaxed this morning and, and just enjoy the, the fellowship of the word. Amen. So, oh, timer's pulled up. Timer has started. Do you know what I use a timer for? Reference. Like, how bad are you really doing? So, all right. Praise the Lord. Okay. So the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I want to take a title of um, personal God. You are not alone. You are not alone. So, so God says here, he looks at Adam and he says, it is not good that he should be alone. So, I, you know, then you just have to ask the question, like, how does God know that it's not good that man should live alone? And, well, I think many of us would say, well, that's pretty obvious for the Trevor. He's God. He knows everything. So in, he knew, like... Brother Trevor, that should be fairly obvious, right? Well, but but so but I'd like to just think about it deeper. Like, how is it? Like, has God actually experienced? Like, like is God actually communicating something to us very, very early on in the Book of Genesis about not only you know man's state, but God Himself state and and the whole purpose and plan that God has in the back part of His mind? You know, so so He says, you know, it's not good that Adam should live alone, and you begin to think, well, how does how does God know that it's good, you know, not good for for man to live alone? Well, well, why did God create man? Was it something in him that said, you know, it's not good that I live alone? I don't want to be alone. And, and we know this because God did create, and Brother Branham tells us that He created us not only for worship because He had angels that could worship Him, but He created man in His own image. Uh, you know, the seed in man after His own.
6: creation now
5: creation has come and and the work is done and he said it is good but now it's time to say, what's this creation about? Right. And so here we have Genesis two, and God is beginning to infuse meaning into this creation by saying, "No, no, we can't leave it like this because Adam is alone, like I'm alone, and I'm so, or I was until I created Adam. So now I'm going to bring out a helpmeet for him. I'm going to bring out someone that he can fellowship with, someone that he can be with." So you want to know what, what this whole thing is about, why it is we're sitting here in church this morning, why it is we do the things that we do and preach the word that we preach. And, and as Brother Joseph said, you know, we're preaching hard because we want to make it to heaven. And, and amen, we do. But why is it we want to make it to heaven? For our own selfish ends, for our own selfish goals, so that, you know, I, well, you know, hell sounds pretty bad, Right. Like, I don't want to go there. I would rather go to a better place than a, than a not as good place. So, so, yeah, I'm going to live right so that I can go to heaven. You are among all men most miserable. Of The things that please him, if it hasn't come on the inside of my heart, to recognize this is absolutely the best thing ever. And why would it be the best thing ever? Well, I would ask you, who is the best thing ever? As I've said many times, you know, if I could take you—I don't know if I've preached this here—I tend to preach different sermons here than kind of some of my normal ones, and I don't really understand why that is. But, but, praise the Lord, you—all you are unique. That's so. Okay. I'm in good company. <laughs> so. so. But what, but what is this What is this about? What was? If, if, if I were to say, let's all go, like, here, I'll create this place that we can all go to. And it's going to be wonderful. There's going to be no tears and there's no sorrow and no sickness and no death. And, you know, iced tea anytime you want it. Before you even call, there it is. You know, for me and Arnold Palmer, unsweet, like, before you even call. situation the same kind of place that we we look to the millennium to be there'll be joy and peace and it's it's just going to be great and I, i'm going to say well i'll get on a bus i've got a bus it's it's parked out in the in the in, in the parking lot here and anybody that wants to go to this millennium that i've created and how wonderful it's going to be how many would like to go Amen. i just want just one small caveat though just you know like everything i've said i'm not taking away any of that there's no bad Really thing about it I'm just Want you to know Jesus won't be there Just Small <clears throat> Caveat But Remember the Arnold Palmer The joy The no tears The peace Like How many still want to go It's like nobody Nobody And so then you begin to realize that the reason the millennium is the millennium, that the things about the millennium, the things about heaven, that that even selfishly we would want to go to and to be a part of, only come from one place. The reason the millennium is the millennium is because the characters and qualities of Jesus make it those things. Because when Jesus is there, you have peace, you have joy. You even, as we'll get to here in a little bit, you even have holiness if Jesus is there. And so this is the idea that we're looking at now is, yes, yes, we can do the right things. But if we start to look at why are we doing the right things? You know, as we preach the word so that the mirror is there, then we can see, like, how am I shaping up? To what this word is. But what we're saying is. is not just the works of the word. Not just the things that you know you need to do this. And you, you need to get better at this. And you, you need to get better at this. And don't let me get. I'm not even going to get started over here. On the cleanup we got to do. All right. Like we can. That's great. That's fine. We can preach like that. But, but if we're preaching like that. And all it has become is External. And we're just doing the things because Brother Joseph said so, because Brother Jonathan says so, and the various brothers that come through. If we're doing it because of those things, and we have not the joy of the Lord, we actually don't even have him. But what we're doing is through our own means trying to line up, but without the Holy Spirit in the life. Without to recognize what is this all about? That holiness in our lives and holiness in our characters comes from him. Because without him, we'll never have it. And some of us are pretty good at being good. You know how many in this church are pretty good at being good? I am an absolute rebel at heart, but I'm still pretty good at being good. I just need to be convinced that being good, there's a good reason for it. And then I'll follow along. And maybe that's why I preach the way I preach. is because I want to understand the meaning underneath I want to understand what it's all about. And here in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, we begin to see a picture of what it is all about. That God did not want to live alone. Amen. 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 And so God, He, He, you know, it's it's so wonderful that He He does this because He Himself doesn't want to live alone. He already was alone. He was God. He was everything that was great everything that was wonderful everything holy everything righteous everything awesome he already was before he created and he still created and i think you know some of us need to be real honest and we think well if i was all that was awesome the entire epitome of all that was awesome do i create it's like i'm just it like what are you? Like, I'm just it. Like, if it's cool and good, I'm it. Like, do I create after that? Because God was all of that and he still created. So what is this about then? All of this preaching, all of this coming to church, all of this trying to line up with the word, what is it about? It's about pleasing the one who created you to be with you. It's about falling into the relationship with Him that He has desired from the very foundation of this world. He desired a relationship with you. He desired to walk with you. And so, so the, the question is, is, is not are you doing the works, but are you responding to the call of love that God has said, I love you and I want you. And if you, and if you become captivated by that vision, suddenly all everything else and, and you become captivated by this one who is awesome, who is it, who is peace, who is joy, who is love himself embodied loves me and desires me and if i catch a revelation of what that is then suddenly that becomes the very the very essence of my thinking and being like this is the only thing that i can see this is the only he is so wonderful and amazing to me that everything else that used to be difficult that used to be hard to follow becomes nothing in that in that in that vision So what is this that man should not live alone? This marriage thing that he's beginning to talk about. Well, this is a type. This is a type in the natural. That's a powerful type of what God is desiring in the spiritual. And what God is bringing us to is the marriage of the lamb with his bride. And one day, this is the culmination of all things is this marriage that is going to take place. This is this is literally the... like. A to Z, Genesis to Revelation, what it's about what is it about? Well, God didn't want to live alone, created had a bride beginning to express and become so that then he could come back and take her away. Because after that and then he then he takes her to her future home. And what else do you have? So the beginning is I God doesn't want to live alone. The ending is God not living alone, being with us in the new home. everything in between yes. has is not do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Like you even look at the 10 commandments, it's like it's like, oh, here's all these laws we got to follow. Like really is this how we think about it? Like is is it so difficult to follow thou shalt not kill or do we just need to not kill one another to <laughs> actually live? You know, I like like it it becomes like self-evident and under like this whole idea. It's like it's like the law is there to shape us and to bring us into this relationship with him. This is the point. It's is to teach us who he is. That's, that's why Paul says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It's to show us, hey, I don't like it when you're dead. Thou shalt not kill. Why? Because I love you. I don't like it when your homes are destroyed. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I don't like it when somebody has something and you think that's the thing you absolutely have to have, because that means your heart says, I'm not enough for you. And so you begin to covet your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's truck or your neighbor's this thing or that thing, you know, because I think it says ox and we've updated that now, so don't be coveting your neighbor's truck. And, and so, (laughs) but what is that showing that, that. That your sufficiency, that, that your desire, that your aims is just not in him. Right. That he's not enough. That his love isn't good enough for you. You've got to have your neighbor's truck too. And it's not like you can't have your own truck. You just don't need your neighbor. God was like, I mean, since this is what God tells David, isn't it? Like, if this wasn't enough for you, was it David or Solomon? One of the two. It's like, is if, if this wasn't enough for you, I would have given you this, and I would have given you that. I think it was David during the whole Bathsheba affair. Like, I wanted you to have good things. You have 500 wives already, and 501 you just didn't need. And if you wanted 501, I would have given that to you, but just not Uriah's. Like, so this, this isn't just law. This isn't just trying to put his thumb on us, trying to make us. Nothing to do with it. But it has everything to do that God didn't want to live alone. And here we go. We got marriage. And I think that's very instructive to us because that's what God's desire is. And so this is why marriage is such a big deal and why divorce is such a big deal. It's because when we get divorced, what we're doing is, is and hey, I understand things happen and people are in these, you know, but I'm just going to preach the model you understand here today, right? Like we live in a fallen world and I get that and we're not making excuses, but we need to understand like marriage is a big deal. Yes. Divorce is a major problem because God has instituted this, this, this marriage right here in Genesis chapter 2 because it's a type of what he's trying to communicate to the world that I want to be married to you, that I, want, I created you to be with you and I don't want you to separate from me. Right. And so, so when we have, we have divorce and we break these marriages, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're signaling to the whole world, well, but God actually maybe he won't. You see, it's not just breaking a home. It's not just, it's breaking a type that God put here to testify of the whole reason and the whole point. So, you know, because we begin to understand what, you know, well, what is relationship here? You know, if we, if we begin to think about what is relationship and what does it mean? You know, so I'll use brother Roger. Because I know his name, and it's Ashley, right? Okay, good. So, I mean, if if when they met, Roger was just like, wow. (laughs) And he begins to talk to Sister Ashley and, you know, begins to try to get to know her and all of these things. And then maybe someday, you know, farther along in the relationship, she begins to say, "What what is it that you saw in me that... would say like any, oh, hello, like any, um, you know, modern evolutionary biologist today, he would have said, well, you know, when I saw you, the, um, the chemical synapses in my brain uh, begin to fire and, and, and produced uh, a, a dopamine reaction um, that, that made me feel so good that I felt like I just had to be with you. <laughs> How's he doing? It's, it's like... I'm going to tell you, it's not good. It's not good. You mean I'm just chemicals, like you love me because chemicals in your brain. What else is there, right? Wait, but isn't there spirit? Isn't there character? Isn't there something much, much deeper than just the body and the brain doing the brain thing? Absolutely. We understand that love is so much deeper than this. And that there's a character and a quality of love that, sure, I am sure the chemicals fired in the brain did the brain thing. That's nice. There's way more to it than that. And if you ever were just like, well. Because what happens then if the brain does the brain thing when you see someone else? Oh, no. What is marriage based on? But it's a commitment. It's a it's. it's it's truly just it's a relationship. It's it's two people finding value in one another. Oh, somebody let me preach now. Two people finding value in one another. Yes. When's the last time you re- considered like like we all know here, like because we preach this, like you gotta find value in God. You've gotta find value in his word. You know? You find value nowhere else but in God. You find value nowhere else. In his word. But where does God find value? Well, if God is saying that I want to be married to you, then what he's saying is is that there's a value in you that I like, that I love, and that I want to be with because it's some of my values. And that's not just arrogance in God. Like if there was values, it had to come from God. But God placed his own values down into you and begin to see that and nurture that and water that. And it began to blossom and and bloom and express. And so then God begins to say, wow, look at the value I. find in you when's the last time you thought about God you found value in me even in my failures God even in like God I fail and I I fall on my face and I I do things that I know don't please you but God is testifying right here in Genesis chapter 2 I find value in you now, does this does this get away from the hard preaching? Does this mean like, yeah, we're just going to sing kumbaya? And it's like, no, God has standards. And God has, God has, as we said, values that he placed in you. And that's what he's looking for is this value. But he values that thing that is and, and, and is becoming, as you grow in the word, more and more a part of you. So we continue on here. To find, you know, this this under, this under meaning underneath this is, is to, that, that God is seeing us and that God is finding value. God desires to be with us. And Brother Brenham says in the message Thirsting for Life, in 1960, he says, The greatest thing God gave man outside of salvation was a wife. Yeah, right. So, slightly trick question then, what is the greatest thing God gave man? Well. So, greatest thing outside of salvation. Salvation was a wife. So the second thing was a wife. Then the first thing was salvation. salvation. Good. We got the logic puzzle down. Okay. So the greatest gift God could give you is salvation. Okay. So then in classic Brother Trevor fashion, asking one question isn't clearly enough. It must be, why is salvation the greatest thing? What is salvation then? If the greatest thing is salvation, what is that? It's Like, well, Brother Trevor... We just left Sunday school a little bit ago. We found out that salvation was when Jesus died for us on the cross. It's like, okay, well, what did he save you from? Maybe we could ask that question. Anybody want to venture to guess? Sin, it's good. And so, what happens when we sin? Was that mean? Well, yes, but before that, like if we didn't have that and you sinned, you're, you're headed somewhere. Hell, yeah, that's kinda salvation from sin which is gonna take us to hell. Good thing we have salvation. Is is yes, we need grace. Grace is a gift. So so the greatest gift that we have is to is salvation. Like salvation and then a wife. These are the two greatest gifts God could give a man. And for you sisters, it's, you could probably put husband in there. That probably wouldn't be too bad. <clears throat> right? So salvation. But is salvation... like so here we think about this now, and we begin to look at that God is saying, like, it's not good that man should live alone, that he wants relationship with us, and so, well, thank you, Jesus, you saved us from hell. Like, you know, hey, at least we're just not going to die and burn and have, be in a bad place. Like, I'm not sure what else, but at least that, right? And that, that, is that a great gift? Yes, that is, but... But hang on a second, because what is it that the prophet, and here we go kind of tying in now to what we talked about a little bit um, on the, the last time I was here, but, but what does the prophet tell us that hell is? That hell is eternal separation from God. You know, do you know how many times Brother Branham preaches a good old hellfire and brimstone sermon saying, hey, get right, or, or God is going to send you to hell? Do you know how many times Brother Branham preaches those kinds of sermons? He, he doesn't. He doesn't preach those sermons. Like, I actually started looking for it, like, send you to hell, you know, tried to find, you know, places that Brother Branham said this in the message. It's like three, like very, very minimal. It's like, why is that? Well, because he taught us that hell was eternal separation from God. And he actually told us that, that God sends no man to hell. Like he literally tells us that he's not preaching. God's going to send you to hell if you don't get right. He doesn't preach that. God, he says God actually sends no man to hell. You go there on your own. As a matter of fact, he puts roadblocks in your way. And if you go to hell, it's because you went and climbed over every single boat. You know, problem and thing that God has put in your way so that you could get to hell on your own. Because what it is, if you're going to hell, it's not it's not just like, yes, we understand lake of fire and everything that's in, you know, Revelation book of symbols, you know. But Brother Branham talks about so that means maybe it's just a symbol what this fire is because Brother Branham talks about having a vision when he's young and his, his legs got shot and he's dying and so he's he's falling, And he screams out for mom, and mom's not there. He screams out for dad, and dad's not there. He screams out for God, and there's no God there. That he was falling through hell alone. And that that was was worse. He said a literal burning hell would have been better than that. You see, because it's this absolute aloneness, this separation that's happening is exactly what hell actually is. It is the opposite of what God is desiring for you. Because we go back to 2.18. It's not good that man live alone. God didn't want to live alone. So he created man. The very reason that you were created was to be with him. Hell is the opposite of that reason. Hell is the opposite. Hell is saying, God, you know, I've heard about you. I under- But you know what? I'm going to do me, God. I actually don't. I, I understand that you love me. I understand that you've given us a word and that you want us to, to live a certain way for our own good and for our own benefit. But God, I have decided I want nothing to do with you. And I have demonstrated that decision multiple times to you through every decision that I have ever made. God, what I'm telling you to do is to go away. Thank you for the life you gave me. But I've got it from here. And God doesn't send you to hell for that decision. You have asked him to leave you. And that is asking for hell. Because, and, and, and this is why Brother Brenham preaches the sermon entitled Souls in Prison Now. It's because he understands there are people on this earth now who have already made that decision. Just like those people in Noah's day who already made a decision that they would never get on the ark. Even though the door was still open, no, I'll never get on that crazy ark. Did God send them to the flood? No, No. they didn't. The flood was just coming. They didn't get on the ark. So there were people literally in that day already judged though the door was still open because they had determined in their own hearts, I want nothing to do with you, God. And you say, well, that sounds pretty harsh, Brother But Well, isn't that like way better than God? Like, mm, not good enough. You're going to hell. You have done well. Enter now into the joys of the Lord. Uh, not good enough. Doing fine. Uh, we'll let you come in, but cabin in the corner. No mansion. Just, but you can just be thankful you made it. And this is what we were talking about last time I was It's like this is what this is the doctrines of these message of this message are showing us how crazy that that concept that I just did right there actually is. That's ridiculous, and that's not the character of God. But yet at the same time, we get in our minds that that is the way God is because we put Him up on this throne as He's this big God with His arms crossed, waiting for you to do it right or not. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't think we believed in three gods when we believed this message. But that, that, that all that the Father was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ is, he poured into his church. And it was never his desire that you would have to conquer and that you would have to go through all of this alone. No. He said, I'll be with you through it all. Though the though the Israelites, after they came out of Egypt, went through some trials, went through some wilderness, went through some hard times, yet he said, I'll never leave you. And sometimes they felt like God, we're hungry, we're thirsty, where are you? It doesn't. And if they would have understood the character and the heart of God, it would have strengthened their faith and they wouldn't have worried. And so that's what we're trying to do today is to strengthen your understanding of the character of God that he desires to live with you and to be with you so it'll strengthen your hearts for this journey to recognize I'm not alone. The word of God says I am not alone. That he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. Well, what about when I fall on my face? He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you because the sin question was settled at Calvary. He already took care of the problems of your failures and your falling and where you're not good enough. And he's asking you to, I want to be with you to help you, to help pull you out of that. Sometimes I want you to grow and I want you to have strength. And so I allow you to go through this test to, to, to receive character in your own life because I don't want you thinking like you're Superman and, Super message girl and super message man, and you get over to the millennium walking around like I did all this conquering. Like, I actually never had any tests, I guess I just had too much faith when I was here in the world. <laughs> it's like we don't want that person ruling in the millennium, and God doesn't want that person ruling in the millennium, so He allows you to go through these tests. Though he says I will be with you, but I need you to grow in character so that you cannot be that guy in the millennium. Because I want you to rule in the millennium with character, because power without character is satanic. So he's he's breeding character into your life through these trials. But the word of look, look, if the word of God says you're healed, we believe it, right? If the word of God says I'm saved, I believe it, right? If the word of God says I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do we believe it the same way? To understand the heart of God is for you. And so he gives you the word. He gives you the law. He gives you a pastor to correct you. Why? Because he's for you. Because it's like like to to sit here and and to understand hard preaching. and, 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 And your pastor preaches hard. And you're sitting there going, oh, Lord, you're... You know, you're just beating me up here, God, and you know you're just so un- unhappy with me, and you just you just want to keep you know throwing and piling it all on and reminding me of how terrible and failure I am. It's like, no, come on, that's not the idea. But you can, you can understand the character and the heart of God is to mold you and shape you into his image, into the things that are so valuable that are already in seed form in your life that he's trying. Like God isn't just saying like, look, we'll pick on a young man over here. And were you sitting here on this seat the last time I was? And you did not learn. Did I use you last time? Okay, that's why you didn't learn. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. What's your name? It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but I'll use your name, Joel. So, Joel, um, do you think, and so you just be Joel here, but I'm going to use Joel just to give us a visual illustration. Joel, do you think that um, there is anything inside of you that God put inside of you? Qualities, characteristics? Yeah? Yeah? Do you think that um, there are things that God put inside of you, remember like what I just said there, that God put inside of you that are terrible and shouldn't be there? You don't think so? Right, because I put in that whole like, because God put it inside of you because you were fearfully and wonderfully made, right? That's what the Bible says, right? Yeah. Jesus loves you and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have the same faith in both of those two things. So God put characters and qualities inside of him. And God put things in his life that if I wouldn't have put the caveat that God put these things in your life, but there are things that you think they're problematic. Are you stubborn? Sometimes you're stubborn. Are you rebellious? Are you? Rebellious? That is the sin of witchcraft. You remember, you recognize this, right? But I'm pretty sure, like, before I, like, really started going, I mentioned that I was kind of a rebel too, right? Yeah, so we're, we're together, my brother. We're together. <laughs> Do you think that there's a ton of stuff that God wants to just say, look, mm don't want this, don't want this, don't want this? I mean, I made you fearfully and wonderfully made, but there's just all kinds of stuff that I just I'm going to take out and I'm going to empty like almost everything that is Joel I'm just going to like just basically to make him not Joel and um, and then I'm going to start putting things in you that I actually like do you think that's that's a terrible thought just just say no that sounds really bad brother Trevor just go ahead and say that right now for yeah yeah see see even he gets it it's really bad. That's a dumb idea, even though we probably all kind of have that idea. And now we're all sitting here going, where is this even going? Come on. But if he's fearfully and wonderfully made, even though that there's times where he's a little stubborn and there's times where he's just a little rebellious, I tell you what, I am so thankful for my rebellious streak because my rebellious streak means there is no possible way I will ever be a denominational, you know, just pew sitter. Do not ask me to sit down, shut up, not have a thought coming. Like, I'm, like, I just don't do that well, man. Like, so I'm thankful that anytime anybody's ever tried to do that to me, Brother Trevor's rebellious streak rises up and says, Ha! <laughs> Watch me not do that. So should I be rebellious or shouldn't I? I shouldn't be rebellious, so I should have sat there in the denominational pew. No, see, see, yeah, yeah, see, right, right, now you're following, now you're following. So now back to you, Joel, like, God made you slightly rebellious. Oh, man, did a preacher just say that? Yeah. God made you slightly stubborn. Did you know, like, if you were stubborn towards something that you, like, like if you had a goal, and you were just like, I am going to achieve that, and people kept hitting you in the head with a two-by-four every time you started, but you actually went and achieved that goal, is that stubbornness? What if that was a really good goal? What if that was a goal of like going and being the most amazing missionary in, I don't know, Burma? Yeah. And it was only stubbornness that caused you to actually succeed at that. You see, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. God has value in you. God created you with characteristics, and God isn't saying, you know what, Mm-mm, throw all of that, just, just chuck it all away. Like, your will? Okay. Your will? He wants you to give your will to Him. That's right. yeah. Amen. But He doesn't want you to not be you. Like, I value you, Joel. This is what God is saying. I value you, Joel, but everything that's actually in you, all of your characters, qualities, and, and bad things like... I just don't like. And I've got to get rid of all of those things. Like, <laughs> Sister Ashley, if you would have said that to Roger, it's like, I love you, but everything about you, I want to change. Do you feel loved, Roger? <laughs> like, it's like, so what was it? About? So why did you love me again? Like, I'm sort of confused. And we do this to God. And we say, God, you, 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 you know, you just want to chuck everything out of us because we're just dirty, rotten sinners. It's like, yeah, your flesh and your will and things like that. Okay, you know. But what He's actually wanting to do is He's wanting to give you. He's wanting you to come to Him to empty out that will. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And when He fills you with the Holy Ghost, He's going to take that rebelliousness and He's going to direct it towards Him. And he's going he's gonna to say, no, 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 no. you be so rebellious, you'll never be denominational. That's a great thing. You're going to be so stubborn that nobody can stop you from accomplishing the will of God in your life. you're gonna He's going to take everything that is you, anything that you think is a bad quality, he's going to turn that and use that for himself. Anything that you think is good in you, he's just going to shine that and polish that and make that bloom and make that grow. He's going to sit there and he's like, oh, I've got this wonderful plant and I'm going to make sure the, the soil is right and I'm going to water the soil and I'm going to put I'm going to put fertilizer in the soil and look, you are the soil, man, because he put the seed down in you and he's wanting that seed to grow and he's wanting to make you the way you would be. Like like he's wanting not to change you, but he's wanting to make you the best version of you ever. And I mean that in a very not Joel Osteen kind of way. You can sit down. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So you just remember your Joel that God, God is—he's made you. He loves you, and He's made you fearfully and wonderfully made, right, young sisters, who often tend to doubt that, yeah. who often don't think that they're pretty, who often don't think that they're, there's anything worth having inside of them. But God created you fearfully and wonderfully made, and He wants He wants to make you he wants to make you amazing. I mean, because he's God after all, right? And you're his children and and he he wants you to be his bride. And it's just like, like God doesn't not have an amazing bride. Like God's bride. She's just kind of substandard. He couldn't get any better. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? No, no. And so God comes down on the inside and he gives you the Holy ghost. his own life God's life Zoe starts and then the the whole life thing that that God said like like the very life that said let there be light and there was let there be light and if people were actually there everyone would have been like oh it's too bright Lord like that powerful the same power that produced that is the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you and when that word, when it begins to quicken that word, it begins to just push out of the cracks of this, this flesh that we have, and it begins to shine so that all can see it. Yeah. And this is, like we, don't, like, we don't believe, you know, Brother Branham says, I sometimes wonder if we, um, how does he say it in the church age book, um, if, we, if we don't understand the presence of the word of God in our lives. Like, like we don't understand what it is actually doing. Yeah. It's not just trying to shape you from the outside, but it's trying to get on the inside of you, to dwell with you, to make you more than you ever thought you'd ever be. entire world, that there's a supernatural life that lives on the inside of this being, that you'll never be alone, that he's a personal God. That he's not just trying to say, look, Brother Joseph, you need to shape this church up to make a bunch of people look, you know, like Tennessee believers. And they look slightly different than Indiana believers. You know, I don't know how, but, you know, we'll just go with it. But you need to make all of them look like Tennessee believers. No, it's individuals. Individuals. He's, he's wanting to be with you as a personal God. He doesn't want to just be in this church. He wants to fill every single heart inside of this church in a personal way. To live with you, that you'll never be, be alone. You'll never be forsaken. Like, this is an amazing concept. This is an amazing thing. And this is, this is what we're already seeing right there in Genesis chapter 2. Like, it didn't take him long to get there. Created, not alone. All right maybe we should move past page 1 there is only 4 just so you know so what is it we've we So then let's think, then, like, as we've kind of talked about, like, this message and these doctrines of this message that we talked about last time serpent seen, and no eternal hell, and grace straightened out, and baptism in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and Godhead, and all of these things. Like, all they're doing is showing to us Jesus Christ and a Jesus Christ that you can come into a relationship that you can know and love, and that would be personal to you. And this is the greatest gift that God, like, if the second greatest gift that God gave man was a wife, then the first is like the greatest gift he gave, which he says is salvation, isn't just like, "Yeah, you don't, you get to escape hell." That's your greatest gift, like really, like, like you mean it's not God giving us of Himself? If if the second grade is a relationship with someone, isn't the first grade a relationship with someone? Yeah. Absolutely, and that's why he says it's salvation is is. Not being alone through all eternity. Salvation is being with him through all eternity. So it's having a relationship with him is the greatest gift that God is giving to you. Amen. So, you know, so what does he begins to do? You know, he begins to create and he begins to have light and he begins to create a world and it's beautiful and all of these things. And, you know, and and, and so maybe it's something like, like Joel's brother and what's your name? Salem. I like that. It's a peaceful name. Wow, one person. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, anyway, um, (coughs) Salem, how old are you? 18. Thinking about getting married sometime? In the next 10 years or so. Somewhere's in there. All right. (coughs) We'll we'll attach no strings. So, (coughs) Salem finds a nice young lady. And begins to talk to her, begins to get have this relationship, and then he decides, you know, mm, I'm gonna have to ask this girl to marry me. And so he begins to, you know, because it's 2023, and, and the, st- the you know, the the bar is pretty high these days. You gotta, there's a lot that goes into proposing. You know, I mean, you can't just you can't just beat a restaurant and like get down on one knee. I mean, that's wow, that's so 1990, <laughs> like you know, you can't be doing that, like, no, you've got to, like, I'm sorry for any of those that were proposed at a restaurant in 1990, anyway, but, but you understand, times have changed in 30 years, you know, like, now, you know, he begins, he's, he's, like, he's got to spend months planning, you know, and he's got to, like, okay, they've got their favorite spot, you know, but he's got to have someone go to that spot, you know, while he's, taken her to the restaurant that in 1990 he would have just proposed there but instead like now they're going to leave that restaurant and they're going to go along this walk along the river and then they're going to come into this clearing that's kind of their favorite spot and 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 you know but his friends will have already put rose petals in a heart shape you know and there'll be a blanket and then there'll be candles and then you know we got a friend in the bushes over here with a camera because it's very important that we get all angles uh, of this because she's going to want to share it on social media because it's super important that you do that because it's, it's all about the look these days, you know, it's not really actually just about your relationship. Never think that, like, like how it happens matters these days, you know, and then you got another friend that's up in the, you know, the, the tree over here with another camera. We got to get a couple of angles and what she doesn't know is that there's actually a drone uh, capturing the whole thing as well. 2023 man the bar is high and you got to do all of this stuff i'm just trying to help you know and 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 so then you two you come from the restaurant and you walk around the river and you come in and and then she's like what is this you know because i don't know how they don't already just understand like this is an engagement setup When you like how is this surprising like it's just, the moment of surprise is, is like look at all this has been done like he's about to ask me that's I guess I'm just weird. I don't know how they don't figure that out, but still somehow we wander in the middle of this wonderful setup. What have you done? Why have you done all this? You know, and and she turns around, you know, and he's he's on one knee. And and she's like, "Oh." oh she's this moment of surprise is just wonderful. And it's just really touching. And we all love to watch these things on whatever social media platforms that we're on because it's so sweet to see. And it's like, oh, it's just so heartwarming. In a world that's so crazy these days, to see this heartwarming thing, and you absolutely need to provide that um, <coughs> for your future spouse because it's 2023 or sometime between now and 2033. So, <coughs> why does he do that? Why does Salem spend all this time and energy and getting friends together and doing all of this to make this big moment? Like, why? Because it's more than just because she wants to share this on social media later. I know that. Like, it has to be more than just that. Like, he's, he's doing this... There's a deeper meaning behind that than just brag book, you know. It's just got to be. And so, but why? Like, what is that? What is, what is the point? Because as he knows, like, there's something inside of him that knows, like, I want to make this moment special. And, and sure, so that it can be romantic and she can fall in love with me all over again. That's a nice perk. We love that. But it's got to be more than that. Like, why... What, what about this whole setup is romantic? It, what's it saying that causes her to go, oh, my goodness, you did all this for me? And that's the whole point is that he has spent all of this time, all of this energy, all of this, all of this, this money to create this one moment that communicates something to her. And if you young boys wanted to, like, stand up and turn around and see some of the sisters' faces, they're like, they're totally in this right now. I just want you to know. <laughs> What's that thing? And as he's got down on one knee and said, I would like you to be my wife, what he's, what he's expressing to her is that I, cre- like I did all of this. I spent all of this time. I did all of this effort because I know that there's times that you think that you don't have any value. There's times that you think, why do you even love me? There's times that you think, like, I don't, like, I, why did, I don't know why you don't just leave me and go find some other girl who's actually pretty. Wow. Said, oh. no, said no young lady ever, I'm sure. But, you know, that was sarcasm. And he, what is he doing? He's communicating to her. This will help you now. This will help you. What he's doing is he's communicating to her is, I find value in you. I want you to know that, that not not only do I just want you to be my wife, but I wanted to create a moment that would communicate a special thought to you. And that special dedicated time, energy, and resources in showing you that I find value in you, that I want to be with you That's how much I value you. Wow. Sound like a pretty good plan? Yep. We're, now, now, so if Salem gets this, other than Brother Trevor just expressing this whole idea and out, like, like, where would he have gotten that idea? Like, where was the first guy, like, that, that made a big, huge proposal thing? Like, where did he get that from? If he was the first one, he didn't get it from social media. So, so where did he get that whole idea from? could it have been because there was a time when there was nothing and then God said, let there be light and there was and then God said, let there be a sun and a moon. Oh, you know what? I'm even going to create stars. She'll like those stars and I'm going to put stars up there so she can see. Oh, that's going to be so romantic but you know what? Because I'm God, stars aren't enough. I'm actually going to, I'm even going to arrange those stars so that there's meaning in those stars and then and then I'm gonna create this earth. And I'm gonna create mountains and I'm gonna create lakes and I'm gonna create rivers and oceans. It's, it's gonna be I'm gonna create deserts because people are different. And and you know, some people like deserts and 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 I'm gonna create all these things. It's just gonna be this beautiful earth. And you know, it's gotta have it, there's gotta be other stuff. It just it seems like we need more. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna put like we're gonna put fish in the sea colorful ones and big ones and small ones. It's going to be amazing. If she ever goes snorkeling, she's going to go, whoa, there's like another creation here. How many have ever been snorkeling and had that moment? That, that was a powerful moment for me. Like there's a literal second creation when you dip your head under the, the, the water and it's like, wow, that's, that's powerful. Like, Behold the wonders of God. That's just how I felt, you know. And, 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 and that, that's still not enough. We're going to put birds in the air. And we're going to create these beautiful animals. We're going to create small animals. We're going to create big animals. We're going to create cute ones. And we're going to create ones that were like, I don't know, made the other ones cuter. Why is God do like, what's the whole, like, all of that, and then he creates man, and then he stops creating, and he says, it's not good that man should live alone. Like, what? Like, God has now, like, the, the reason Salem would want to do that to express this moment is because God created all of this because he didn't want to be alone. So God created this whole engagement setup, and you're living on it. And then he said, uh, "Now I want to tell her about myself. I want to communicate with her, and not only do I want to communicate all these things about myself, but I want her to speak back to me. And, and then I want to fill her with my, I want I want to surround her with my presence and fill her with my spirit, Amen. because I love her, because I didn't want to be alone. Amen. And then I want to instruct her, and I want to make my instructions to her." will be to take everything that she thinks is terrible in her and with my presence and my power, I will invert that and I will make those amazing qualities in her. And I will take even the things that she thinks is, she's already pretty good at and I'm going to add humility to that and then I'm going to make that even more amazing than it possibly could be so that then she's at least not a jerk at the things she's really good at. Oh, that just feels real good, right? When that... Mm, Some of us need that. And this is God. This is what he's doing. This is his expression of his heart. And this whole plan is to bring you to him so that he can take you away and marry you and live with him. You know, Brother Branham says in the message, uh, well, it's in the Church Age book. He says, we often talk about a great unchanging God whose word does not change. And when we speak of him after that manner, we get a view of him, often get a view of him, that makes him seem very impersonal. It is as though God made the whole universe, all the laws that pertain to it, and then stood back and became a great impersonal God. Does he ever feel like that to you? That he's very far away and he's not very personal. It is as though God made a way of salvation for lost mankind, that way being the cross. And then when the death of the cross has atoned for our sins... (coughs) and His resurrection gave us an open door to Him, God just folded His arms and stood back. It is as if we majored, mm, majored in believing in a great Creator who, having created, lost personal interest in His creation. Now I say that is how too many people are apt to think. But that is wrong thinking. Our God, for God is governing in the affairs of men right now. He is both creator and sustainer. Amen? Amen. So it's not as if God, you know, as our husband came home one day and was like, well, here you go. I've prov- wife, I've provided you a home. I've provided you all of these nice things. And, you know, now I'm home from work. What are you going to do? gonna make me dinner is it gonna be good we're gonna have spaghetti again (laughs) not actual conversations from our house no seriously (laughs) not a spaghetti fan personally but like is this how we think of god like because that's preposterous to think about like in a loving relationship within the confines of a home even though it's happened before but it's still preposterous to think about, like that that's actually a loving relationship. But yet we put God up there in his, in his throne on high, because we think about him off too, all, far too often as a trinity still, even though we know that's wrong. But yet we put, put a big God with his arms crossed up on a throne saying, I created you. I gave you the word. You're going to live it? You're going to do it? You're going to pray and make me feel good about myself? Like, sometimes how it is that you actually treat God. Because what Brother Branham is trying to do is bring the word in here to bring the meaning, the revelation of what we already had. And that's what this prophet is doing, is he's bringing the meaning underneath these words to us and revealing it to us so that we can know that God is a loving God. Not just a God who, like, look, look, he says right here, like, we, that the death, think that the death of the cross atoning for our sins is a loving God and that God's love seems somehow to stop there, but it doesn't. But God is announcing to you that I find value in you, that I've put my word into you, and I want my spirit to come inside of you, and I want us to live together forever. I want to take a vow to you with you that says, till death do us part. <clears throat> And I want to remind you that God can't die. So till death do us part is an eternity with him. And that this is God's desire is that he was not going to be alone. He didn't want you to live alone, not only just on here, but he wanted you to come to him and live with him as well. It's wrong thinking to think that God created and then stood back and is just our judge now. He has a personal interest in his creation, which means he has a personal interest in your everyday affairs. I have a personal interest in my wife's affairs, you know, the decorations that she buys for the house. Like, I'm concerned about them that they look nice, but past that, like, if I walk into the house and, you know, nothing makes me go, ugh. What happened? That guess what? <laughs> I probably didn't notice that she even changed anything. But, there, but that she enjoys doing that. Like when she points it out and I feel terrible that I didn't notice, it's like, oh, that's a great job. Like, I like that. <laughs> now that I've noticed it, it looks amazing. Like, so I'm trying because I want to be interested in even those little things in her own life. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Why? Because I want to be a loving husband. (laughs) Because I want to be like him. And so it's preposterous to think that that's a loving husband here on earth, but then God isn't actually concerned about the decorations in my life. You know. For by Him, Colossians 1, 16 to 17, For by Him all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. He is the sovereign God. By His own counsel, He purposed the plan of salvation of His own elect, which He foreknew. The Son died upon the cross... To establish the means of salvation and the Holy Spirit carefully executes the will of the Father. He is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his own will. He is in the midst of his church. The great creator, Savior God, is faithfully working amongst his own right now as the shepherd of the sheep. This is a statement that I thank God. Like, no, like, almost all Christians would hate this whole idea because, because they want like, us to just be subservient to God. And that's all they want. They don't, it, it's, it's like they think God is loving, but he's God and we're us. And those two actually won't meet. I don't know. Like, the book of Revelation is not there or something like that. But Brother Brenham says, his very existence is for his own. He loves them and cares for them. His eye is ever upon them. When the word says that your lives are hidden with Christ and God, it means exactly what it says. Oh, I'm so glad that my God abides faithful. He's true to himself. He won't lie. He is true to the word. He will back it up. He's true to us. Which have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, Salem, I don't know if you want to use this one, but when you get down on one knee, sometime between now and the next 10 years, you could say, I exist for you. It might work. I don't know. I don't know. But to think about, like, his very existence is for his own. Like, this is, this is the idea. That he wants to be with us. And this is what it's about, church. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. We'll just, we'll just cover just a couple of these things. So, so then, so then the, the problem that we have then, like, as we think about this and, and, you know, some people might have, it's like, wow, Brother Trevor, you just make it a, all about this whole love affair. And we can do whatever we want. It's like, well, you know to actually express to my wife that I actually loved her. And so then you begin to understand that the works and the things that we do are to, sh- to express our love to him and to recognize that, like, you know, there's <laughs> forgive me for being a husband and a man who thinks he's right a lot, but there are times when I know I'm right and I'm expressing it to my wife and, and she's not getting it. And after three or four times, so glad she didn't come today, and after three or four times, like, she realizes, like, oh, he actually was right about this. It's like, yes, 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 I was. I, it, it's, so, it's so wonderful that you see this now, and, and isn't this kind of sometimes what, you know, God is presenting to us? Like, hey, how about this? Um, no, 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 I think I'm going to try this, Lord. And he's just like... It's not going to work, but he's patient with us, and he's kind, and he knows, and he and he already died for where you're going to make mistakes anyway. So he's patient with you, and he's calling you, and he's drawing you unto himself, and he's instructing you, and he's teaching you. And so, so the idea then is like, well, then how are we holy? Like, if if it's all about love and, and, and everything, like what about what about works? What about sin? What about the things that we should do or shouldn't do? And and, and, and all of these things. And I would just say, like, well, once you understand it in the context of love, like, a lot of that just, it doesn't go away, but it sure makes it a whole lot easier to, to think through and to understand. But, but, I, but I would say this, like, like do you want to be a good Christian? Okay, what's the, what's the list of things that you need to do to be a good Christian? Anybody got a list? You want to give me a list, Brother Jonathan? But he's like, no way. This seems like an absolute trap, Brother Trevor. It absolutely is. Seek and pursue Christ. This is what, this is what being a good Christian is, to seek after him, to love him, to desire him, to, to find out what is it that he likes. You know, my wife and I have spent 20, almost three years now in August, 23 years, um, you know, learning a whole bunch of stuff about one another, like the whole spaghetti thing took a while. Maybe I could have expressed it better earlier on, you know. But but we're learning one another. Still, after 23 years, there's there's still things that we're learning. And this is a relationship with God that I'm still learning. God, I'm still learning about you. I'm still understanding your whole your whole character and the things that please you and all of these things. So I want to seek and pursue you in the list of things that I should do and the list of things. Like, at some point in time, like, that just becomes natural. Yep. You know? Like, my wife doesn't, like... It's Wednesday night. What are we going to make? Well, let's see here for dinner. Let's see here. This Trevor doesn't like this. Trevor doesn't like... And she goes down the whole list, you know, 20 different things that Trevor doesn't like. And she gets through that list and is like, oh, okay, I got through that list. And then she finds something to make. Like, no, at some point in time, it just became natural in her life. She's like, <laughs> like there's just no spaghetti noodles in the cupboard now, right? Because she doesn't even go and buy those things anymore because she's learned... There's no reason to have spaghetti in this house, right? So it just becomes part of her nature now. Like, <laughs> you make this so simple sounding, Brother Trevor. It is that simple. Are you falling in love with it? Like, truly, fa- like, this word, like, like did, he, <laughs> did he express who he was to us or didn't he? And then did he send us a prophet for, for when we couldn't understand it and when, when when maybe there was different interpretations, he sends us a prophet to like to really make sure we understand the meaning behind these words so that it's absolutely plain. Like he's doing everything he can to express himself and to show himself so that we can learn him and his not just learn what he likes and what he doesn't like and what things we should do and what things we shouldn't do, but then to even like, once you even get deeper than that and like I'm just, I like I'm so thankful that that these kinds of things have happened in my life where I begin to understand, it's like, oh, God, you know, you don't like this. And then when I understand, like, why? Why it is, God, that you don't like this? And I'm like, oh, my. I didn't realize that's why you didn't like that, Lord. That makes so much sense to me now. Uh, God, how wasn't that obvious to me? Now? Like, like now that thing isn't even a problem. Like it's never even a hint of an issue with me because... I understand the value that that is now, that that character underlying why you told me, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet, and I begin to understand his characters and, 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 and his underlying thoughts and desires. <coughs> Suddenly, that relationship becomes so much more rich, and there's so much more value there, and I begin to go, wow, Lord, you know, I know it's been said that you're amazing, Lord, but... Um, no, you really are, Lord. That amazes me. And I've fallen in love with you all over again when I've seen the heart that you are displaying in these things that you've commanded us. And that's that's an amazing thing. So he's expressed all of these things to us in this thing that we call his love letter, and it actually is. And so how are we so 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 to be a good Christian just, just means to seek and pursue after him because he wants to be found by you? He wants to have a good time doing it. God doesn't want his, our, his relationship with us to be just boring and stale because none of us want boring and stale relationships. Why don't we want boring and stale relationships? Where do we get that quality from? Definitely. From him, from God himself. He, he, he made us. We're in his own, his own image. So, so how, how then can we be holy? Revelations 3, 7, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close. Maybe musicians should come, and that will encourage me even more to bring this to a close. And Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. He is holy.
6: Yes.
5: He is holy. Brother Jonathan, on a scale of 1 to 10, <clears throat> with 10 being the most holy and 1 being the least holy, how holy are you? Which day? Mm, which day? Not Sunday. Let's go, with, uh, let's go with Wednesday at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Before the, the midweek service. When you're sitting there thinking, am I even going to go to church tonight? A five? That's pretty good. I would say we all need to be more like Brother Jonathan, but we need to be more like Jesus Christ. No, the idea of the just like rate your holiness should absolutely be preposterous because you know your thoughts and you know everything that you've done and you know all of this, well, all of these problems that you remind yourself of as you looked in, your, as you looked in the mirror every day. And you know that like, Lord, this is just, there's mm-mm. Trevor and holy, not on my own, God. No. You see, how are you holy? Well, when you have he that is holy in you, you're Holy. And so, so, so our own holiness, which we often attribute to the things that we're going to do, like I need to dress this way and I need to not act this way and I need to, all of these things, like, like that's actually not your own holiness because he that is holy must be in you. And you see, so then not being alone, having a personal God, Living with you and in you that said he'd never leave you and he'd never forsake you. That he'll be with you through the whole thing. Like if you want holiness, you want him. Right, and, I, and I don't mean that like, yeah, you're such a loser. Get him and then maybe he'll make you less of a loser in holiness. That's not what I'm saying. Like if you want holiness, you must have he that is holy. You must have a person. You must have him in your life. Because after all, isn't that what it was about? Is that God didn't want to live alone. So if he doesn't want to live alone, he also wants you to be holy. Just be with him. Be with him. Seek and pursue after him. Begin to know him. Begin to read this word, but not just to read this word to say like, okay, I did my Christian thing. Not to just listen to a tape to say I did my message thing. But to say, God, what is it you're trying to speak to me through this word about you and about me and our love and our relationship together. Amen. As I hear Brother Joseph preaching, God, I need to hear you expressing your heart to me and your love to me on what you're asking me to do and to be for your worship, for your glory, to fellowship more with you. So that's what this is about, church. It's not necessarily about our doctrines or creeds, although the doctrines of this message should be bringing us to Jesus Christ. It's not about this church versus that church. It's not about us versus them. It's not about, like, the thousand things that we try to do with this message and with this word. It is back down to that simplicity of man should not live alone. God didn't want to live alone, so he created you. And he wants you to become a part of him. And I think that's just amazing. Everything else comes underneath that. Let's just pray. Maybe you could play that song now. I am not alone. I am not alone. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. And Father, I, I just pray, Lord, that something was said, Father, to encourage the hearts of these believers, Lord for them to have the context of how much you love them and that you'll never leave them that it's that father we don't have to have fear we don't have to ang- have anxieties and stress out about are we doing it good enough but father you're 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 calling after us you're loving us and you're saying i want you just like pursue me this is the idea dive into my word that i've given to you that you might know me for I'm the greatest one. Oh God, may we fall in love with you all over again today. May you just well up in our hearts, Lord, a desire to see you and to know you more and more and more, Lord, to come into a, a, a more constant fellowship with you. To see you and to know your word and its very meaning, Lord God. Its very character in your heart being expressed to us. For us to see that, Lord God, just as you've written it all over this creation, Lord. Lord, may it captivate our hearts, Lord, and call us unto you, Lord. And may the things of this earth, Lord, become strangely dim to us. We love you, Lord. Speak to our hearts now by your word quicken them by your spirit. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: I am not alone. You will go
5: before me. You will never
2: leave me. I am not alone. for me, you will See you.
5: the great one, yes. the holy one,
6: yes.
5: Amen. It says you're never alone.
6: Right. I
5: want to be with you. Thank
6: you
5: Jesus. So in your heart, just pray today that God has, has reaffirmed his love to you, yes. has shown you his love for you, Amen. has told you, I have, great, I have such great plans and such great things in store for you, and I've given, I've given you this word. To draw you to me. So dive into it. Let it change you. Where it says, hey, maybe you're not quite doing this right. Say, oh, God, I see, I see you loving me again. That's not because not you don't like me. It's because you love me. And you want what's best for me. You want, because you know. Father, may I just fall in love with your word. And all that you are, oh God. Brother Joseph, if you want to come, amen. God bless you, church, and be with you.
4: Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't God so good to amen. us? Amen. He just takes his gifts and just in diverse ways just translate a message yes. to us. It sounds like a message like Sunday. Deliverance, liberty from your grave clothes. All this corruption, all these things here. God just brings us completely out of it. So blessed this morning. You're not alone. Just the thought of that. That God knows everything about you. You honestly think that God created you to destroy you? No, No, he created a bride in his mind. Hallelujah. I better stop. The song. Amen. Do you love him? Do you appreciate him? God is just so good to us. I've got a very outstanding testimony. I want if you have about five minutes. God has healed someone here today and wanted to share this for some weeks, some months now. A tremendous miracle. And as he sang a song, Sister Juska, would you come? Joel, let's get two mics. You may be seated just for a moment. I love you. That's what Calvary
2: stood. I love you. I
4: love you. I love you. I love you.
7: I
8: was sick un
7: for about a month.
8: Pas de ma I
7: couldn't leave the house. I was laid down in the je bed all day.
8: Pas, je rien faire.
7: I couldn't do anything at
8: all. Très I
7: was always tired.
8: Suis voir le I went to the doctors. Yeah. Fait
7: they did the tests and everything. And they're saying that there's nothing
8: wrong. But
7: for me, it wasn't, everything, was, it wasn't feeling good at
8: all. I couldn't
7: go to work at all. I was just laid down in the house.
8: And then one Sunday,
7: I was supposed to come to church, but I didn't. I just stayed home
8: because i was so tired. The Okay,
7: and
8: then the following
7: Sunday, I was I was hesitant about coming to church, but then I decided to because I I just needed help. I couldn't walk at all, so I just asked my husband to help me.
8: Okay, and I didn't want to um,
7: come to church because of that
8: because I couldn't walk at all. And then one day I, I was just
7: laying in my bed and I saw on WhatsApp Well one Sunday I saw um, my pastor from Africa um, posted something on WhatsApp.
8: And he was saying that
7: whenever you feel sick, don't stay home. When you're sick, just come to church because that's where you
8: get your healing. And
7: that gave me strength. That was the time that I was hesitant about coming to church, and that gave me strength to come to church that Sunday. And I told my husband I was going to come to church that Sunday. And,
8: yeah, and... pour arrive, devait à la descente de la voiture, me Yeah, and then he he was
7: the one helped me bring, he brought me all the way up here because I couldn't walk at all. Et
8: quand je me suis assis après la prédication, il y a who was qui to passé pour elle. Et moi je me suis, je voulais aller aussi
7: And then um, at the end of the service, a sister came here for prayer. And then after that, that gave me more strength to come up here to get prayed Uh, on.
8: And then um, when when I was sitting down in the pew, I
7: was I was telling God, I was like, uh, God, this is your um, your servitor, and I i'm just giving it all to you so
8: yeah. Donc, que tu me par à ton and i want
7: I want you to heal me from your from your um
8: pastor and then i I
7: got up so I asked my husband to take me all the way here so I can get prayed for.
8: And I explained
7: to the pastor that I was sick and then he said,
8: the pastor said, I was going to pray for you.
7: And he was praying for me and all of a sudden I lost consciousness and I didn't know where I was at.
8: Je, 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 je I could
7: feel that I was following but I just, my, my husband b- was behind me, so he was able to catch me. <laughs> yeah.
8: et après, je suis moi. And
7: then later on, I came uh, back.
8: Et mon mari m'a si ça va.
7: And my husband asked me if I was okay.
8: J'ai dit oui, on peut and then,
7: uh, I was like, yeah, we can go back and sit down, okay. Est,
8: je suis I was Et quand je me suis assise,
7: and then when I sat down I immediately like couldn't feel any pain at all and then she said that the healing was right on the spot and I went all the way downstairs without any help at all from anyone
8: and
7: then my husband was in the car just waiting for me so for, for me to come in the car
8: Chose que je fais, ça and as soon
7: as I got home, I just got in the kitchen, and I started cooking. That's something I
8: haven't <laughs> done in like a month. Tout le monde était par le miracle que
7: then then when we came home, it was like, Why are you in the kitchen? Like, you know, you're you you have been sick all month, like what's wrong, what's going, what's happening, you know. Yeah. and we all saw the miracle that God did for her.
8: So, so I wanted
7: I wanted to give glory to God for all the testimony for what he did for me. And then from that day to all all the way to today, I've been in good health ever since.
4: He's a miracle-working God, let us all stand. I tell you, Sister Juska was such a sick woman, such a sick woman. And that Sunday, I prayed for her. When I laid my hands upon her, she completely took every virtue there was in my body. She just passed out in the spirit, and God completely healed her. Hallelujah. 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 God is God. Blood blood pressure problem is gone. Everything is gone. What Amen. the doctors couldn't do, the great, great physician oh. has done. Yeah, praise the Lord. We appreciate that testimony. You know, but the Bible says that they overcame... By the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimonies. Happy to have had you this morning in the house of the Lord. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. I want to make this uh, quick um, um, uh, challenge you. I, I need someone. I'm quite busy this week, and I need someone to take care of the flower planter out here. I need a volunteer, somebody to plant some flowers before the summer is gone. You got it? God bless you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It's written in red. We appreciate each and every one of you. Those online, tune back in on Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. sharp. I'll be ministering here by the grace of God. Shalom to you.